When it comes to the use of social media in healthcare, the privacy and security concerns are multifaceted. There are patient privacy risks involved when healthcare workers use their own personal social media accounts to communicate with friends and family, but there are also risks when healthcare organizations use social media as a communication platform for their staff and patients. I'm Marianne Kolbasek McGee, managing editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Andrew Hicks, director and healthcare practice lead at security consulting firm Coalfire. Andrew will be discussing the privacy and security risks involved related to the use of social media in healthcare and what entities can do to identify and mitigate those risks. Hi Andrew. Good morning. Now, what are the patient privacy risks to healthcare organizations when it comes to the use of personal social media ca- accounts like Twitter and Facebook? by healthcare workers, or even business associates that work with covered entities, for that matter? Well, Marianne, we, we love to hate social media, right? It's, it's very much part of our lives today. Um, when it becomes uh, an issue is when it's involved in, in the workplace, right, especially when it concerns the transmission and, you know, publication of confidential information, such as uh, credit card numbers, patient information, social security numbers. These are all obviously huge risk to organizations today. I guess it's, it's good to understand what, what the uses of social media are for organizations. Some are okay, some are not okay. You know, obviously if a company is using social media for marketing and sales campaigns, you know, absolutely no, no harm with that. That is, uh, you know, a viable way to get your name out there and promote, you know, marketing and sales activities. On the other hand, like I mentioned, you know, the use of PHI, uh, protected health information, via social media is obviously uh, the wrong place for that. PHI and social media are like oil and water. They should absolutely be completely segregated uh, between the two. How can healthcare organizations mitigate those risks? Should entities such as hospitals have policies about the do's and don'ts in the use of personal social media by healthcare workers? And how can entities enforce the rules when it comes to the use of social media accounts that are personal by the healthcare workers? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's really, really important for organizations to first define uh, via policy what are the acceptable uses of social media. Is this something I'm going to allow in my organization? If not, maybe I, I consider blocking those, those addresses. Secondly, what are the acceptable uses of PHI? Um, employees need to understand, you know, via policies, communication, how I can interact with PHI, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, and how do I best secure that via company policy. The bottom line here is that we don't want PHI getting in the wrong hands, and we really, in my opinion, we really, really don't want PHI getting out there into the social media networks. So to mitigate these risks, uh, I've mentioned policies, acceptable use policies, workforce training is another number one priority for companies today. Employees need to be educated on how they can use PHI and social media sites within the specific organization. Employees need to be trained on who their privacy and security officers are. These are the folks that are responsible for really maintaining and securing the data, uh, but also for responding to any breaches that may, may have happened. And lastly, organizations may want to consider doing proactive monitoring of social media sites just to make sure that there's no data out there re- regarding their patients or, or their organization that would cause any harm doing with regards to the uh, HIPAA security provisions. You mentioned being careful about 
what sort of PHI or PII might go out on social media pertaining to a patient. What about situations where a healthcare worker, say a, maybe a nurse or a doctor, is taking care of a case in a hospital and perhaps there's something unusual about this patient that they think others would be interested in and they start discussing the patient but they don't name names or anything that might be closely identifiable to that person. What can hospitals do to stop that? And should they? Should there be rules about you know, discussing any patients in any social media? Should there be do's and don'ts about, well, if you're going to discuss your work, don't name names? You know, how, how do you handle that? Very good question, and I, I do agree. There is probably a, a case for that um, in the you know the research community. You know, giving results of different types of you know procedures, whatnot. Um, for organizations involved in those scenarios, there absolutely needs to be governance over what type of data is actually being published. So there needs to be a, a team or a department that's responsible for reviewing all content that is, is uh, publicized with the with the sole purpose of you know, reviewing that content to make sure that it does not expose any patient identifiers. So, but HIPAA does allow free uh, communication about scenario-based uh, instances. However, the minute you start bringing in patient names, addresses, phone numbers, you know, any of the 18 identifiers, that's where the huge risk comes in. So it's important to really govern those types of, you know, social media posts that, that, that could get the organization in trouble. Now, there's also been incidents involving healthcare workers taking photos of patients with their own personal smartphones, and then they post the photos on social media sites, whether it's to tell, you know, again, friends and family via Facebook, oh, geez, you know, this interesting case or this unusual person or whatever that I've been taking care of. Or maybe they think it's just sort of an embarrassing sort of thing that uh, other people might be interested in hearing about, but not necessarily recognize who the patient is. What can healthcare organizations do to prevent those sorts of incidents? For instance, should those sorts of issues be addressed as part of a bring-your-own-device policy about the do's and don'ts of using personal smartphones for photos and that sort of thing? And how does that relate back to a social media policy? Yep, and this is a very common question. We actually see this scenario all the time where employees are, you know, you're driving down the highway, you see an accident, you think, oh, that's, that'd be a cool thing to post on, on Facebook. Or, uh, you know, I've seen this in both uh, consulting engagements I've been associated with as well as uh, previous employers. Bottom line is that it all comes down to training and communication of, of the organization's workforce. So we've, we've touched on uh, acceptable use policies bring-your-own-device or BYOD policies need to be very, very clearly and meticulously maintained and documented. Workforce training, right? So we absolutely need to be training workforce members on how they can and cannot interact with PHI, what's acceptable, what's not, as well as what's acceptable with social media, as I mentioned before. Probably one of the bigger policies here with regards to your question is we absolutely need to have sanction policies in place. Again, this is a HIPAA requirement to have sanction policies but ultimately it defines what disciplinary action uh, could or may be taken uh, on behalf of uh, an employee that violates policies that are governed by the organization. So those those three or four items right there are key to, to a company that really wants to address disclosure of photos or uh, content related to a patient uh, via social media. Now, besides the use of personal social media accounts by healthcare workers, 
and the privacy risks involved with that for patients, some healthcare organizations also have their own social media accounts or platforms to communicate with their staff, with patients, with the public. What are the privacy and security risks involved with that? And again, does that come down to having solid rules about the use of PHI and PII? Yes, it absolutely does. Again, policies, procedures, training are all huge, huge elements of this um, as part of the organization's uh, you know, HIPAA security program. Um, we saw last year, for instance, LinkedIn had 6 million or about 6 million uh, user accounts that had, hacked, had been hacked. So I'm just, again, stating my point that social media and PHI should completely be uh, separated in the workplace. There are good solutions out there, right? It's not that social media has to be the only one way to communicate uh, information. Organizations, obviously, everybody has or could have uh, email encryption as an alternative. We can do secure transmission via SFTP, via secure websites. We now have in, uh, encrypted text messaging. Um, those are all very good avenues, solid avenues that could be uh, used as a way to mitigate the risk of social media sites. So, again, employees need to educate their employees on the uses and availability of these different technologies and how they, how and when they should best use them. So what are the risks involved with business associates that work with covered entities in their use of social media? So business associates obviously present a, a new risk, especially with the omnibus rule that was just recently passed in 2013. First and foremost, organizations have to have uh, business associate agreements in place with these organizations that basically interact with the covered entities, uh, PHI, on their behalf. So BAs have to be in place, but also these employees, these business associates, um, must be exposed to training and the policies and procedures that are defined by the covered entity. So these, these, uh, these policies and procedures must be uh, understood and business associates understand how they can interact and um, use the covered entity's PHI. Now, you touched upon this earlier about monitoring social media sites. Should healthcare organizations have someone who's sort of designated to sort of scan social media sites to make sure that patient privacy is not being compromised? Or are there technologies that can help block something from appearing on a social media site before somebody actually tries to post something? Yeah, so a couple of things that I mentioned uh, briefly about uh, blocking social media sites. An organization may say, you know what, that's it. We are not allowing our employees to access Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, so on and so forth. What they do at home, obviously, is on their own time, but here at the company, we do not want them having access to that and potentially exposing our company to publishing PHI out there. To answer your second question, yes, I absolutely believe that if it's a larger organization that has a lot of patient information as part of their day-to-day business operations, they should actually be out there monitoring the YouTube sites, the Facebook sites, and just to get a feel for, is any of their patient information being pushed out there? If so, by whom, how, and really put procedures in place to mitigate that. Uh, I talked a bit about uh, disciplinary actions as well. So uh, organizations should do that. Again, it's, it's a time consumer. It can be expensive, right? But really it's up to the organization to really best gauge how to prohibit access to those social media sites and what uh, precautions should be in place to identify any, any instances of patient data. When it comes to the use of social media technologies, what do you suggest healthcare providers do to make them more secure? 
Well, I don't think it's a fact or a matter of making them more secure. I would say just avoid them. Avoid them 100%. They should not be part of your business, except, as I mentioned before, uh, for you know, sales and marketing, the activities where you're not at all uh, of risk of exposing uh, patient information. Otherwise, I think they should absolutely be banned by employees using them for the various reasons I've mentioned. Again, we've talked about the, the numerous other mechanisms that could be in place, encryption of email, text, uh, websites, things like that. Those are all good alternatives to social media use. So um, if you absolutely have to communicate PHI or any other confidential information for that fact, use something that's secure, not social, social media. Finally, are there any emerging privacy or security risks involving social media that healthcare organizations should also be aware of? Uh, there are, and I think really what the, the best exercise in a, a company can do here in this scenario is they absolutely have to understand how PHI is, or ePHI for that matter, is, is being used and spread throughout their organization. So um, one of the best exercises that I've, I've gone through, and I routinely do this with companies, is actually walk through different departments of an organization and, and have them tell me, you know, where does all the ePHI exist that they interact with? How do they transmit it? Where do they store it? When do they receive it? The same is true for PHI, right? Uh, paper-based data. Where do they store that at? How do they send it? And so on and so forth. And really what that does is it allows companies to understand where all the data lives, how it's uh, transmitted, and the result of that could be a data flow diagram that really lays out all the, all the ingress and egress points of, of data so they can really hone in on how to best secure it in all those different scenarios. Thanks, Andrew. I've been speaking with Andrew Hicks of Coal Fire. I'm Marianne Kolbasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.